This is Rocky Mountain Cold Cases. I'm Rachel and that's Adam. I'm Adam and that's Rachel. This episode is coming out two days after Valentine's Day. It is? It is. I'm trying to just... Yeah, it is. Okay, Thursdays. Yeah, Um, but I'm still making it Valentine's themed. Yeah. (laughs) So um, my fun fact today has to do with Valentine's. Um, Do you like those candy hearts? Well... There's ones that are flavored, like the yellow one will be like a banana flavored, and then there's other ones that are like just, eh, anyway. Um, I know for sure the white one is like a minty thing. Yeah, it can be minty. But you didn't answer my question. Did you, do you like them? Yes. Sometimes, well, I guess, some, I think sometimes they're all minty. Anyway. I've never had a package where they're all minty. Oh. Anyways, I enjoy eating them. Oh, shoot. I was going to bring a box in here and we were going to look at the messages, but I got distracted with leftover football food. Well, they were actually um, invented in 18... Hold on. Oh, my goodness. Um, Around 1847. With the letters on there? Not with the letters, though. So in the Waybacks, in 1847, they were trying to make lozenges. Oh, like like for a cold. Yeah, they were the they were the big thing on the market at the time, and this guy Oliver Chase wanted to make them speed it up the process, so he invented this machine that made what is essentially candy hearts now. So he like you know uh, the the candy company Necco that does the Necco wafers. No, they're not very popular candy, and actually they recently went bankrupt. But that's why I don't know them. <laughs> I know them because my mom <laughs> loves Necco wafers, but. Um, so they made the candy hearts, but they weren't heart shaped yet because they were supposed to be like a lozenge. And he was like, I'm going to go into the candy business with this. And so he did. Um, and so then his brother, um, a few years later was like, I want to get on on this. I want to, I want to get money with this. And he was inspired by, um, companies that did the Valentine cards. Okay. And so he was like, I bet we could print a message on these. And in 1866, he did figure out how to print a message on them with some vegetable dye. Now, when he first did these, the candies were bigger. It doesn't tell me how much bigger, but... I was going to say they'd have to be bigger. They'd have to be. Yes. It doesn't say how much bigger, but it'd have to be quite a bit bigger because this is what made me want to do this fun fact. So the messages on them, like the ones we have now, are just like, you're cute, XOXO, marry me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, some of the first messages on these were married in white. You have chosen right. Wow. <laughs> that's huge. Like why? Okay. Was it like on a cookie? And then they just. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I just think it's like a, it's a literally almost like the size of probably a crumbled cookie. But and it can't be because it's meant to be a lozenge. So it can't be that big. But like, here's the no other. No one had any gag reflexes. <laughs> so here's the way they give you one more example and it's even longer. How long shall I have to wait? Please be considerate. Are you kidding? That was on the that was on that was the message. That's what it says. How long shall I have to wait? Please be considerate. Wow, sounds desperate. Like, oh my god. <laughs> I was really this hoping. This sounds like somebody that wasn't having very much luck with dating. I was really hoping I'd be able to find more examples because I just thought those were so funny. And I couldn't, but I was just like, nice. Um, that was probably the best one anyway. Right. Like, <laughs> um, so now, Neko Neko went bankrupt, um, which explains 
I mean, with those messages, I don't. This is a surprise. No, they only went bankrupt in 2019. I'm just kidding. Um, and were, were, they were bought by another company, um, Spang- Spangled. I can't remember for sure. Anyways, it also explains why there was definitely one year in the COVID pandemic where I was like, why can't I find these? Because I, I like to eat them and I couldn't find them. Well, when they went bankrupt and the new company bought them, they um, didn't have they weren't prepared for how many they would have to make. So there was a shortage. And I was like, oh, that makes sense why I could find them that year. Because yeah. now I can find them everywhere. But they have, I didn't I didn't know this because I have looked at the sayings on the boxes. But there's approximately 45 sayings in each box. Including true love, hug me, and you rock. I've seen the hug me and you rock before. But I don't know that I've ever I, seen the true love one. I don't even think there's 45 pieces in a box. I mean, how big is... I mean, I'm getting buying the really little boxes. Maybe if I bought a bigger package. Yeah, like my mom would fill a big jar. Yeah. Like a mason Then I'd jar. probably get all 45 things. But as of right now, I my box... And they have the bigger hearts and then the smaller hearts. So. But I wanted to I wanted to bring my box in and we would each just like pull a random amount out and see what it says. But yeah. I forgot. Um, also, you can customize them. So you can order some customized ones. With customized sayings on it. I don't know that they can fit those giant sayings on them, but... When it says customize, is it like you get to type in your own message or do you get to choose from messages? Oh, I didn't look that far into it. Oh. I bet you can type in your own, but I bet there's like a letter amount that you're allowed to do because the heart's only so big. Oh, yeah. And the last piece of this fun fact is that they have a shelf life of five years. That's a long time. It's sugar. I also know I need to stock up. I didn't know they were that long of a shelf life. You need to stock up? Yeah. Oh. Then I can have them like all the time. Yeah. Be like Halloween and I'm like eating these candy hearts. You rock. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, that's my fun fact. On to the case. Okay. All right. So again, keeping with our Valentine's theme. Oh. This one we are in Colorado. Colorado? Really? Because because Colorado is really hard for you to find. Cases we in. are in Colorado. I know. I am. It's like it was a huge pain in the butt, and then I found like three good ones all of a sudden, and then I chose to leave that state for the next episode we're gonna do. Nice. So we'll see when I return if I can find <laughs> anything. Nice. Maybe it's just. I mean, there's all the whole, yeah, the data collection stuff within the whole metaverse. Well, anyway, um, that the, like. You know, all the cookies and all your all your mm-hmm. caches and Well in Colorado anyway. <laughs> um really likes for you to pay for subscriptions for things and so I also run into paywalls. Yeah. You've you've used your your amount for the, the week or whatever and I'm just like, Well, mm, I guess we're done researching that one. You know what sucks too? Sometimes you're like, Oh, maybe I'll come back to that and you like click out or whatever and then you come back to it, it's like you've already viewed it. And yeah. so you hit that paywall and you're like, Wait a what well, I mm-hmm. I didn't look at it fully yet. And I ran into that anyway. If this podcast ever makes us any money, then I will subscribe to those paywalls. But until then, I will not be paying to read that article. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So back to the case here. With that said, guys, uh, if you would, <laughs> please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. And then, uh, yeah, share this with somebody and subscribe if you haven't. Okay. I did not mean for this to be a plug, but <laughs> there it is. There you go. Okay. Okay. On February 14th, 1985, Douglas Peltzer went to his ex-wife's Cassandra Rundle's house to drop off some Valentine's gifts for her and her two kids. You didn't make those names up because that was weird. 
I mean, what names? Is they his name again? Douglas Peltzer. Peltzer. I was thinking like a seltzer. Okay, anyway, continue. <laughs> and then what? Her name is Cassandra Rundle. Yeah, like I was thinking as like Rapunzel. Anyway, continue. Wow. <laughs> All right, you didn't even have an energy drink in you. <laughs> no, I don't. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. When there was no answer at the door, Douglas entered the home and found three bodies in the home. Wow, that's like a mass murder. No, dun, dun, dun. what's the definition of that? Ooh, I don't know. I think it has to be four or more, but I could totally be wrong. Well, it depends on the state. And that's true. It probably does. Cassandra Rundle was 37 years old and living at home in Colorado with her two children, Dietrich Sturm, who was 12 years old, and Melanie Sturm, who was 10 years old. Cassandra had previously been married to Steve Sturm and had her two children with him. They divorced in 1974. And Cassandra then met Douglas and married him in 1977. They were later divorced in 1983, but stayed on good terms with each other, which is why he's like dropping off Valentine's gifts. They're divorced and he's dropping off Valentine's gifts? Yes, because they stayed on good terms with each other. Though it is rare, Adam, it does happen. Well, yeah, I know, but like, uh, yeah, but you're you're an ex. I just don't understand that. Anyway, all right, continue. (laughs) I won't question it. I'm in my mind, I am. Yeah, I was going to say, you are questioning it. Anyway. Cassandra was, however, looking for love. Thank you so much for being here, for being a listener and allowing us to take up a little portion of your day to share some of these true crime and cold case histories with you. Um, it takes a lot of work to put in and and find these these cold cases. If you guys have liked this episode and some of the others that we've done that are like it, please, please subscribe if you have not already, as well as we would surely appreciate it if you gave us a rating on Apple podcasts. Um, without further ado, let's get back to the episode. Thank you guys so much. I'm in my mind. I am. Yeah. I was going to say you are questioning it. Anyway. Cassandra was, however, looking for love. Two months before the murders, Cassandra had taken out two personal ads in the Colorado Springs Sun. In the ads, she was looking for potential dates. Okay, wait, wait, wait. What time was this again? This is in the 1985. Oh, way before the internet. Oh, yeah. This was this was how back in the day this you needed to tender? find people to date <laughs> and you were tired of dating the people in your little town. So you put out an ad. Kind of like people used to do it on Craigslist, too. There's like a Craigslist killer. Wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's just, it's, it doesn't, it's not surprising to me, but it's, it's just interesting to think about because I guess it's not surprising because I mean, you and I both grew up like in the nineties. So we understand what life was like before the internet, mm-hmm. like really got big. I remember like it becoming a big thing, but yeah, we kind of saw both sides of the world before mm-hmm. the internet. And so Anyway, it's not surprising, but it's also like, man, we used to do that. Like, right? It's, it's weird. Yeah. Um, so in the first ad, she described herself as blonde, green eyes, 5'2", and 95 pounds. She also added that she is, quote, a free spirit, independent, well-educated, somewhat shy, sensitive, thoughtful, and enjoys life, unquote. 95 pounds. Yeah, she was an itty-bitty girl. And you can actually find a picture of her on the internet and... She looks a little bit like my mom back in the day. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, just I think because of the hairstyle back in the day was just like oh, yeah. big hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She asked for those who answered the ad to send a photo and a short letter to her. 
In the second ad, placed a month after the first, she wrote, quote, Warm, together, bright, beautiful, and modest lady seeking friendship with a gentleman of quality and character, 30 to 40 years old, unquote. Do you remember what your Tinder said? How you described yourself? Because I, I did I did not use those descriptive words to describe myself. No, I, no, I don't know. Not that. <laughs> I, That's funny. I did. Yeah. I, but what it, a way to describe yourself. Well, I mean, it's just so interesting. Like I would never describe myself as together. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, it was a different time. It is a different time. I mean, if you look, if you look at people that did that, that put their stuff out there to mm-hmm. the world like that through paper, like a newspaper ad or, or like that kind of thing or maybe they like went to the local grocery store and put their that same thing up on the bulletin board like the little like yeah yeah so where people put their business cards i'm just thinking of like how at that time there was a lot of people like you did what you know but at the same time when tinder was like fresh and new and all the other dating apps like people are like a lot of the old time people that maybe did some of this that put their name out there on the billboard or in a newspaper ad. Yeah. How times have changed. They were like, you're doing what, you know, it's yeah. the same, same, same thing, different way. So according to the Fox 21 news article, Cassandra received 85 responses to her ads. Do you know how many responses I received in it's my Tinder? You had it together. I, right. <laughs> I did not get 85 responses on Tinder. Okay. But can we flip it around? I bet if it was a guy that put the ad in, they he would get like two responses that doesn't explain why i didn't get 85 on tinder i don't know (laughs) i don't know now the little bit i could find on the results of these ads was that she did not meet all 85 but rather just like a handful of them same type of concept with the now dating yeah you might match with somebody doesn't mean you meet with them yep 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 like you're there's still a vetting process even after you match you're like whoa that's why she wanted a picture and a letter can they spell? <laughs> oh, for real. Your grammar. <laughs> when looking into who could be responsible for the murders, police talked with Douglas and he told them that the last time he saw Cassandra, he had taken her to dinner and then later to a bar. He speculated that perhaps her killer was someone she met there. He had said he had called Cassandra later that same night that they went out. And Cassandra claimed he had someone at her house that she would try to get rid of him. There was no other further explanation about that really weird encounter. Wait, she was out and about and someone else was back at her home. No, she was back at her home with a potential other dude. Oh, got it, got it. Okay. And was like, oh, I'll try to get rid of them. I don't know. He called her and they were. that was a conversation that was had. Yes. Got it. In a Fox 21 News article, Detective Rachel Cruz Rogers said, quote, it was a pretty brutal murder for each one of them, unquote. According to a Gazette article, that's the one that keeps putting up a wall for me. <laughs> freaking gazette according to a gazette article cassandra was the first to be attacked between 5 and 8 a.m she was beaten with a hockey stick stripped of her clothing tied up raped then strangled the daughter melanie who again was 10 was next to be attacked there is evidence she tried to fight off the murder the murderer but was beaten with a hockey stick causing skull fractures she was then raped and strangled and found face down on her bedroom floor Dietrich, the 12-year-old son, was last to be attacked. He was beaten, um, and there is conflicting stories on if he was bound or not, but he was found on his bedroom floor with a hockey stick nearby. 
Um, this is a cold case. Like this is insane. This that, is a very cold case. This is insane that there's three people. There's like some kind of trails of evidence of like people she maybe met with. There's like letters that probably were mailed to her. I'm just speculating at this point and quite wildly, but like, and it's cold. Anyway, Mm -hmm. continue. (laughs) Um, so here's just like a little tangent. Um, there is a show, um, on one of the murder mystery shows, investigation discovery or something, um, called homicide hunter. I have watched many an episode and the guy on it basically tells his stories of working as a detective in Colorado. Um, his name is detective Joe Kenda. I'm going to make you watch one of these episodes one day. <laughs> um, but the episodes you see now, he's old and retired. And I think recently he ended up not doing the show anymore. He's just like, I'm done, done. But um, he popped up in a couple of the articles. He actually worked on this case. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So then um, I went and scoured the internet to see if this was one of the cases that he talks about in his show. And I couldn't find anything that said it was. But hmm. interesting nonetheless. Yeah. So he said in an AP News article, um, quote, the odds are we are talking about someone she knew, but we don't know who did it at this time, unquote. He also mentioned in a different one that, like, he thought it was going to be solved pretty quickly. Unfortunately, he was very wrong. But, yeah, it was just exciting to see Joe Kenda. I was like, I know him, sort of. This is just evidence that when you first meet somebody, it should be in a public place, not at your house. Yeah. I mean, we don't, yeah. I mean, there's still so many questions. We don't know if. It was one of the people that she went on a date with or what? Maybe maybe she did meet him up somewhere else and then things took a turn. That was um, one of the things that bothered me about your, oh, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. your friend that was I'm like, you're just having these random people over. You don't know anything about them yet. Yep. So police did look into people that the family knew as well as the people that responded to Cassandra's personal ads. However, I couldn't find anything that said that they had any suspects at any time. Like there wasn't like a huge person that they were like, this guy most likely did it. They were just kind of like, I don't know. Hmm. Um, Detective Cruz Rogers is hoping with the advances in DNA technology that they can use the collected DNA to help solve the case. More than 100 items were taken as evidence from the home and included hair and fibers. When did, so, when did he make that statement? Mm, I, say. Um, I didn't write that down. It's in one of my sources. Um, I know it was... Within the last, like, five years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Probably pretty recent. Yeah. So, but yeah, that is the case of Cassandra Rundle and her two children who were murdered on Valentine's Day. And nobody knows who did it. Oh, that's that's it. They don't have, they haven't, didn't question anybody? I mean, I couldn't find anything that said they questioned certain people. Other than, like, these are friends of the family. We checked them out. These are some people that she went on a date with. We checked them out. Wow. Yeah. We checked them out. (laughs) That was it. Yeah. It was, yeah, I was surprised that there wasn't more because of how much DNA evidence they do have, that there wasn't more to like, well, we looked at this and there was like no match for that. Or there are these, these fingerprints that nobody knew who they belonged to. But Yeah, there's got to be like, I mean, was there a hockey stick left behind? Yeah, that, it was. It was left by the, the boy. That's how they knew what the murder weapon was, was because it was covered in blood and they, you know, you can match that up to like injuries. I just think there's got, there's... Three people, it's so messy. There's so much evidence left mm-hmm. behind that it's just insane that they didn't and don't still know who it is. Yep. Well, that's nuts. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. So this is the episode? This yeah, this is, is the episode. <laughs> I don't know why you're dilly-dallying so hard at the end here. 
<laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, if you guys have any further information on, not this case, but just on any cold cases that you'd like to hear us cover or hear our perspective or hear me what if it, give us, uh, send us a message at RockyMountainColdCases at gmail.com and give us a rating again on Apple Podcasts. And uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you.